0: Shout out to all the cat people! You want to uh, uh, subscribe, like, and and comment, and and um,
1: check your gut flora.
0: You want to you want to you want to be thinking about your gut microbiome, <laughs> because of, from what the the information that I'm getting is it 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 leads to true health is having a good gut microbiome it all leads in the the stomach and i'm also being told you want to keep your your belly warm your your head head cold cold. (laughs) yeah yeah huh Huh? all right let's get ancient wisdom ancient wisdom
1: I mentioned at the the end of the last episode was we have an interesting development now we've been talking this whole time about fathers and sons right what a son owes when something happens to the father right we had Fortinbras really early in this process or really early in this play Um, Fortinbras's dad Fortinbras Mm -hmm. was killed by Hamlet's dad Hamlet Right. And then we know Fortinbras supposedly was on his way to attack Denmark to get back his father's lands. Mm-hmm. But some stuff happened behind the scenes earlier in the play with Cornelius and Voltemann, and supposedly now Fortinbras is going to attack Poland instead. Right. So Hamlet's dad was killed by his uncle, and now Hamlet's got to get revenge. Something happened to his dad, and something I mentioned at the end of the last episode was now Hamlet has killed Polonius, and Polonius was a dad too. Right. So we have two more people involved here whose dads have been killed. That would be Polonius's children, Ophelia, mm-hmm. and Laertes, her brother. Right. So we've got another dead dad. Yeah. And two more kids and we're going to see in this act coming up what happens, you know, when you have two kids who have to deal with the unjust death of their father.
0: Yeah. This would this would normally be like sequel. Mhm. Yeah, so we that could that go into one. like
1: or a spin off, the Laertes spin-off. Yeah. What does he do? Yeah. I gotta explain something here. We stopped last time at the end of Act Three, Scene Four, as Hamlet was dragging Polonius out of his mother Polonius's body, right? He was dragging the body out of his mom's bedroom. Right. If anybody at home is following along in the n- second Norton Critical Edition that I'm using of the Cordo 2 text, they may have noticed that I didn't stop at the end of a scene last time we were recording when we were talking about Act 3, Scene 4. In the second Norton Critical Edition, Act 3, Scene 4 keeps going. Mm-hmm. In almost every other edition of the play, that is where Act 3, Scene 4 stops. And I want to kind of explain why there's a little ambiguity there. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare himself did not ever divide the work into acts, as we understand it. We've been going act by act. Those weren't Shakespeare's divisions. So
0: somebody, so like somebody King James them.
1: Somebody King James them. In what's called the folio edition, somebody came in and divided Hamlet into five acts because five acts was kind of the convention of the time. Shakespeare didn't do that. But after his death, when people created the folio, they broke it up into acts and most people chose to have the fourth act start right where we ended last time. Mm -hmm. Where we're going to start here for everybody else, for most people in most texts, it's going to be act four, scene one. Normally, two things could indicate a scene break in Shakespeare. Um, The most important thing being in order for a scene break to happen, all the characters have to leave the stage. It usually will say exunt. Hmm. Now, in this, where we stopped last time, it doesn't say exunt. It just says exit Hamlet dragging Polonius. So I think... Everybody else is still up there? Yeah, the queen is still there. And then right after that, it says enter king to queen. So we're kind of directly following on from act three, scene four now. So that in this version, this is still part of the same scene. All right. And what's happening? Hamlet has just left the stage dragging Polonius' body. And the king comes in to talk to the queen who just talked to Hamlet. And the king says, and he comes in with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. And he says, this would be like line 221 or so in like the version we're with using. all
0: the blood? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, he says, there's matter in these sighs, these profound heaves. You must translate. Tis fit we understand them. Where is your son? The queen says to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, bestow this place on us a little while. Get out of here, guys. So the queen and the king want to have a conversation.
0: No one mentions the blood.
1: Well, she's going to explain it to him right now. Okay, great. (laughs) The king says, what, Gertrude, how does Hamlet? Line 226. And again, if you're following lines, if you're in act four, scene one in a different version, the line numbers are going to be off just for this little end of the scene. He's, the king on 226 says, what, Gertrude, how does Hamlet? And the queen says, mad as the sea and wind when both contend which is mightier. In his lawless fit, behind the arras, hearing something stir, whips out his rapier, cries, a rat, a rat. And in this brainish apprehension, kills the unseen good old man. So she's telling the king he just killed Polonius.
0: Thinking he was seeing a rat.
1: Thinking it was a rat.
0: Wait a minute. Is this is this where calling people rats starts?
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Good question. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I need need to know the history of- of The history of rats. Yeah, calling people a rat. You dirty rat. You dirty fucking rat. Sorry. Polonius, the original rat. Yeah, OG rat. O-O-O-G
1: rat. The king is a little worried here. Line like 232 or so. He says, oh, heavy deed. It had been so with us had we been there. His liberty is full of threats to us all. So the king is getting worried now. Remember the king saw in the play, he started to get an idea that Hamlet might know something. Mm -hmm. And he just said here that, you know, Hamlet being at liberty is full of threats to us all. This is dangerous. Um, He goes on to say to you, yourself, to us, to everyone. uh, Alas, how shall this bloody deed be answered? It will be laid to us. Whose providence should have kept short, restrained, and out of haunt this mad young man. So he's a little worried here that some blame is going to fall on them. Hamlet has murdered somebody. And he's like, is this our responsibility that we let this mad guy kind of run around? You know? And at the end, he asks the queen, where is he gone? And the queen says, to draw apart the body he hath killed. On
0: line 244. Follow the blood? Yeah, follow the blood. The, the, the floor is bloody. I'm sorry, I can't get over this blood. Yeah. The floor I, I don't is know how much there's blood. A, there's a trail of blood. He just stabbed a man. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's warm. It's, it's, it's warm. Yeah,
1: it's it should be. Polonius it's, just died. It's warm medieval blood. Yeah. <laughs> there's going to be a cover up here. The king says on line uh, 248, Oh, Gertrude, come away. The sun, no sooner shall the mountains touch, but we will ship him hence. And this vile deed, we must with all our majesty and skill both countenance and excuse. Meaning, so the death of Polonius, they've gotta use their their power as king, their majesty and their skill to cover it up, countenance it and excuse it. They can't let the people know that Hamlet is so fucking crazy that he just murdered a government advisor. Right. Because as Claudius kind of mentioned before, like people might see us as guilty in this that we didn't restrain that we knew this guy was crazy and we didn't do anything about it yeah rosencrantz and Guildenstern are sent away by claudius to find hamlet and the body of polonius that's their first mission okay. let's get hamlet and this body and this is where we're going to start and our line numbers are going to be back in order we're going to start act that's a really short scene we just did um this is going to be act four, scene two in most versions. In our version, it's act three, scene five. Okay. And Hamlet, Rosencrantz, and Guildenstern all run onto the stage. So Hamlet kind of walks out and he says, safely stowed, you know, like he's put the body somewhere. But soft, what noise? Who calls on Hamlet? Oh, here they come. But soft. Yeah, but L- soft, what L- light through yonder, yonder window, window breaks. breaks? Yeah. Yeah. But I think, but soft <laughs> yeah. is like uh Hold up a minute in Hold Shakespearean up. English. Hang on.
0: But soft, y'all. Yeah.
1: Rosencrantz asks him on line three. So it's, it's his old buddies, right? Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Mm-hmm. Rosencrantz, Rosencrantz asks him, what have you done, my lord, with the dead body? And Hamlet says, compound it with dust. Where to tis kin? He burnt them? Uh, he says he's mixed it Mixed it with dust which is his relative, his kin.
0: So, all right, I'm not going to get caught up on body disposal yeah. and forensics.
1: Yeah, this is not um, forensic files. <laughs> this is uh, Shakespeare's understanding of it is that Hamlet has done something with the body. Rosencrantz says, tell us where tis that we may take it thence and bear it to the chapel. Now, Remember how I told you really early on to watch how Hamlet behaves towards Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, how it kind of changes over time? Right. Now he's going to start to do even more of his antic behavior. He's going to start to act crazy with them. He just says, so Rosencrantz has just asked him, tell us where the body is. And Hamlet just says, do not believe it. Rosencrantz goes, believe what? Oh, geez. Here we go. Yeah. And Hamlet says that I can keep your counsel and not mine own. Besides, to be demanded of a sponge, what replication should be made by the son of a king? And Rosencrantz says, Take you me for a sponge, my lord? Right? Did you just call me a sponge? Yeah, what where, the fuck are you where, talking about?
0: Where'd the sponge come from? Yeah. Are, are, how, are you okay? Yeah. Are you okay, bro? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Take you me for a sponge, my lord. Hamlet says on line 14, I, sir. Now, again, when Hamlet's behaving crazy, we can always kind of tell because he's got these double meanings. Mm. So he called him a sponge, and we're like, you're crazy. He's not really a sponge. But Hamlet says, I, sir, that soaks up the king's countenance, his rewards, his authorities. Right? You're a sponge to the king. But um, such officers do the king best service in the end. He keeps them like an ape in the corner of his jaw, first mouths to be last swallowed. When he needs what you have gleaned it is but squeezing you in sponge you shall be dry again.
0: A lot of sponge talk. Yeah. Big sponge talk. Um okay, so way back then sponge isn't necessarily what we accept as a sponge now.
1: I think a sp- from what he's talking about, I think you could I think they knew what sponges were.
0: Yeah, but see I think they when, would
1: use a sea sponge. You ever see like sp- the real this sponge? Is, this is yeah, where I'm real going ass sponge.
0: So they're they're talking about a sea uh an uh, animal? Is it sea animal a sponge?
1: Yeah, but it still soaks shit up. Right. Because so, he's talking about like you soak up all the king's rewards and authorities.
0: Right. Okay. And then are the are these people back then like taking sea sponges and lathering themselves with them also? <laughs>
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yeah. I'm just gonna. Uh, that's totally an uneducated, uninformed response. <laughs> I'm just gonna say yeah. They, they were scrubbing up with sponges. It sounds like it from what he was saying.
0: That's wild, dude. Like uh, that's. I don't know. I think that uh, modern sponge technology is really dope. And yeah, you we've come a
1: long way, and
0: you don't really think about it when you're when you're sponging up. Mm-hmm. And but back then. They were like in the ocean, like yo, I just found a dope sponge. I'm gonna lather up with this. <laughs> yeah. look,
1: look what I look what I could do with this thing. Oh my god, this thing is great with soap. Oh, that's you wild. just find an animal and you dump a little soap on it. And you're like, oh, look at this lathering up. Yeah, we'll dry it
0: out and yep. then and then make it wet all over again and then dry it out and make it. And the sponge is like, please just kill me. Are, are there any sponge experts out there?
1: Hugen, that's like a pop history that's has got to come out. Like the history of the sponge. The history of the sponge. The simplest object has the deepest roots. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. So Hamlet had this thing where he, he you know, told Rosencrantz he was a sponge. <laughs> and then explained that he was a sponge for the king. That he soaks up the king's rewards and his authorities. Um, and that he kind of hints there that... At the end when he says, when he needs what you have gleaned, it is but squeezing you and sponge you shall be dry again. He's kind of saying like the king is just going to squeeze you dry and get what he wants and throw you away. Now, Rosencrantz doesn't get it. On line 20, Rosencrantz just says, I understand you not, my lord. Right? Nobody – this is still – we as the audience are following Hamlet's sponge talk. Rosencrantz is not following sponge talk. Yeah, sponge
0: talk. We're in on the sponge talk.
1: Yeah. Rosencrantz just says uh, – Hamlet says, I am glad of it. A knavish speech sleeps in a foolish ear. Like, of course you couldn't. His speech, what he said about sponges is knavish. Over, it's over it's your, over your head. head, bro. It sleeps in on. a foolish ear. Yeah. Um, and Rosencrantz just says again, line 23, my lord, you must tell us where the body is and go with us to the king. And Hamlet agrees to go. That's going to be the end of this very short scene. We've got a bunch of really short scenes Mm -hmm. in succession. Hamlet says, bring me to him at the end of the scene. And then it says, exunt. So Rosencrantz and Guildenstern have found Hamlet, but not the body. And now they're going to bring Hamlet before the king. This is act four, scene three. Or if you're in our version, act three, scene six. For most people, act four, scene three.
0: Uh, really quick, sure. It's interesting that he's not going to go back to the sponge, right? No, no more sponge talk. It's interesting that it, they compacted all that sponge talk yeah. into that little we,
1: that short scene is yeah. the only real mention of and, sponges and in the play. And Shakespeare's
0: like, it's got to be just enough sponge talk, yeah, <laughs> just enough <laughs> sponge is... talk, or else it's like it's gonna it's gonna be too much for the audience, right? But like, I really want to hit that sponge thing. I really want to hit this sponge thing because yeah. later on. They're going to get it. You Like, you guys might get it. Your kids are going to love it. <laughs> yeah, somebody's going to
1: understand the sponge talk eventually. Wonderful. Rosencrantz obviously didn't. No. <laughs> we're at the be- – Act 4, scene 3 at the beginning. Again, we're just in the castle. All this shit is just taking place in the castle. It says, enter king and two or three, just some other people with the king. And the king kind of introduces the scene. He says at the beginning – uh, I have sent to seek him and to find the body. How dangerous is it that this man goes loose? Yet must not we put the strong law on him? He's loved of the distracted multitude. So the king's saying he can't put the strong law on Hamlet, right? Mm-hmm. He can't give him the smackdown for murdering Polonius because he's loved of the, the distracted multitude, the people like him. Mm-hmm. The king is kind of um, thinking about the optics of this shit. hmm the king is doing damage control here. Polonius is dead. Hamlet is fucking crazy. The people love Hamlet. Um, what do I do? And what he's going to do, as he's mentioned before, is he's going to send Hamlet away. He's going to try to send him to England. Now, Rosencrantz, Guildenstern, and it says, and all the rest come in. And eventually they bring Hamlet before his uncle, the king. Now, Hamlet, again, he's really playing crazy at this point in the play. The king asks him on line 16, "Uh, Now, Hamlet, where's Polonius? Hamlet says, At supper. (laughs) The king says, At supper, where? And Hamlet says, Not where he eats, but where he is eaten. A certain convocation of politic worms are even at him. Your worm is your only emperor for diet. We fat all creatures else to fat us and we fat ourselves for maggots. Your fat king and your lean beggar is but variable service. Two dishes, but to one table. That's the end. He's having fun. He's having fun, He's yeah.
0: having some fun, and, um, but he's also, it's like, this is, like, weird rich boy shit, you know? Yeah,
1: just, and, and kind of, like, dark and depressing, right? Yeah. There, there's this theme, he, we're gonna start talking about death more. hamlet has been talking about death the whole time.
0: Yeah, and then he just off the homeboy, and, uh...
1: Yeah, he, oh, yeah, he's at the king, and so they're asking where Polonius's body is, and Hamlet's like, Polonius is at dinner, he's the dinner. Worms are eating him. Fun. Um, the king obviously just kind of thinks he's crazy, because the next thing the king says on line twenty-five is Alas, alas. You know, like this this guy's nuts. Mm. Hamlet keeps going. Hamlet says, A man may fish with the worm that hath eat of a king, and eat of the fish. That hath fed of that worm. Whoa. The king says, what dost thou mean by
0: this? It's the circle of life. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: oh, that's it's the fun. circle of life. It's fun, Hamlet. Hamlet
1: says nothing. Well, when the king asks him what he means, Hamlet says on line 29, nothing but to show you how a king may go a progress through the guts of a beggar. Right? So you could be the king of a fucking country mm-hmm. and eventually end up in a hobo's tummy.
0: Wow, that's actually really deep, man yeah. it's actually really deep <laughs> because a,
1: you got buried, a worm ate you, a fish right. ate the worm, a hobo caught the fish,
0: Wow, and so like the entire like death and funeral industry is based around not letting the worms get to people. It's like the Egyptians built these big ass fucking. <laughs> Structures and shit.
1: Yeah, they're trying to keep worms away from the pharaohs.
0: Yeah, because you get some of that that king worm, and you might come up real quick. Right. Yeah.
1: You might wind up up getting eaten.
0: You get eaten, and then maybe it gives you king powers and shit. Mm
1: -hmm. We're trying to keep kings sort of out of that loop.
0: Keep the kings out of that loop and uh, keep the people down building these fucking pyramids and shit. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, I'm sorry. We're, how, far, how far off have I gone?
1: <laughs> I think this is relevant. Yeah. This is going to be, this is um, a theme in the play. A theme that we're kind of getting into here is this idea of death. It, it's, you're right on the money, actually, because there's this idea that death is an equalizer of social class.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Everybody fucking dies. Right. And as he was saying before, you could be the king And you die, and now you're hobo lunch.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, so hobo lunch is a dope metal (laughs) band. (laughs) That's a dope metal band.
1: So the king asks him again on line thirty-one, where is Polonius? This is they want to get Polonius' body. And Hamlet says, In heaven. Send thither to see, right? So send someone up to heaven to check. (laughs) And then he says, If your messenger find him not there, seek him in the other place yourself. Right, so if he's not in heaven, why don't you check hell?
0: Mm, he's um, having fun.
1: Yeah, he's he's really fucking with his dad, or, <coughs> his stepdad. stepdad. He's fucking with his uncle. You're not, not my, my dad, stepdad here. And he says, "But indeed, if you find him not within this month, you shall nose him as you go up the stairs into the lobby." Mm. Right, so if you don't find him within a month, you're gonna smell him in the lobby as you're going up the stairs. So don't worry, you'll find him eventually.
0: So he didn't even put ash ash on him. No,
1: he's, he's saying eventually Polonius is going <laughs> to He's going to stink.
0: He's going to smell this place yeah. up. And nobody... Well, we don't know. They have people working there and shit. They cleaned up the blood probably by now. Mm-hmm. They might yeah. be used to this shit.
1: Yeah. Castle murders happen a
0: Castle time. murders? Like, those walls have seen a lot. Anybody who lives in a castle now, it's a little gross.
1: I think Enya lives in a castle.
0: Ooh. <laughs> you get out of there, Enya. Save Enya, man. <laughs>
1: That's our cause. Yeah, it's our fucking cause. Save <laughs> Sa- Enya. Save dude. Enya.
0: <laughs> I think she's saved enough lives, man. Yeah, how you know? about
1: we save her? How about
0: we fucking save her? Maybe it's
1: time to save Enya yeah. from herself.
0: Yo, know, if anybody knows where Enya is, or if you could help me. She's get, in a castle. Get a feature. Yeah. Get a feature on a joint. That would be dope. But yeah, get out of the castle. Because those walls are covered in ancient blood. And that's probably fucking with your vibe, and maybe like I'm talking to you, Enya. I'm talking directly. Yeah, this to Enya. is just
1: this is show is for Enya now. Yeah. All right, we'll build on that later. That's why Enya is going to go metal, and she needs worms somewhere in the name.
0: Mm, that's a nice rebrand.
1: So everybody leaves in the scene. Basically, Hamlet is kind of done, almost done, fucking with Claudius. The King and Hamlet are kind of alone now, and the King says. Watch how Claudius fucking twists this. Because Claudius, around line 38, is going to start telling Hamlet that he's sending him to England to help him. He says, Hamlet, this deed for thine especial safety, which we do tender as we dearly grieve for that which thou hast done. So we want your safety, must send thee hence. Right? So to keep you safe, mm-hmm. because you've just done this murder. Colonius is acting like he's helping Hamlet cover up his murder. And he says, therefore, prepare thyself. The bark is ready. A bark would be a ship. Mm-hmm. And the wind at help winds blowing the right way. The associates tend Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are going to go with him, And he says, and everything is bent for England.
0: So they got the ship all set up and ready right. to go.
1: Just get right on the ship. Yeah. You're going to England with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and we're we're getting you out of here. It's like if you go to the next town, because you got the, the law on you for a minute.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what my, yeah. My dad would tell me about, like, the New York of, of the old times. And he would say, if you killed somebody, you just left town for a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> New York.
1: Yeah, then you come back and you're fine. <laughs>
0: And uh, yeah, but they're making it seem like it's not far away. But how how long do you think it takes to get over from 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 Denmark over to England? You're talking a couple weeks. I couldn't guess. I couldn't guess nautical.
1: <laughs> how many nautical miles yeah. is that? Yeah, many I many? don't know enough about you know oceanic travel in the 1600s. Oh no, yeah. this would this would even be earlier, right? This, this would, would be be early, because it's right? historical. I don't, I have no clue how long it would take to get from Denmark to England
0: I don't even know what it looks like on a map England yeah that or, too. or Denmark <laughs> just the distance the distance between them yeah or I, I'm I'm realizing that yeah I don't know what Denmark looks like and that's okay
1: hey look I think it looks like a booger
0: it looks like a booger yeah, yeah
1: most countries do right
0: yeah yeah I guess sorry or
1: like, Denmark you know yeah, just calling a spade a spade. Every you look, you look like a booger, Danes. Every country looks like a snot. It's
0: kind of snotty. Uh, everything on the map just looks like Castle Blood. <laughs> yeah. There's the band name. Castle Blood no, is fun. Castle
1: Blood is Castle the band Blood name is fun. <laughs> That's I, Enya's metal band.
0: Yeah, I would hope that by the time we release this, we've already worked out like the the um, all the paperwork for this, and it's okay to. To let the people know about... Yeah, that we're working with that, yeah. Castle Blood.
1: (laughs) Let's, um... Hamlet's going to be sent away on this boat, right? He leaves, and Claudius is going to kind of reveal his plan here. So we've only got Claudius. He's the last guy left on the stage. Crazy Hamlet has been sent away to go with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern turn to England.
0: Okay.
1: Claudius says, after everyone exits, line 58, he's all alone. He says, and England, remember England means the king of England. If my love thou holds that aught, as my great power thereof may give thee sense, since yet thy cicatrice looks raw and red after the Danish sword, and thy free awe pays homage to us. Meaning, England, if my love thou holdst at aught. So, England, if you love me, if you're going to do what I say, and he says, as you should, because you're still a little spanked from the last time we fought. Mm-hmm. That's why he says, since yet thy cicatrice looks raw and red, like a butt, like a spanked butt. Cicatrice? Yeah. Your cicatrice That's fun. would be your scar. Oh, uh-huh. Since yet thy cicatrice looks raw and red after the Danish sword, and thy free awe pays homage to us, so you honor us, thou mayst not coldly set our sovereign process. So that means, I hope that you don't coldly set, like push off, our sovereign process, what me, the king, wants you to do. And he says, which imports at full, by letters congruing to that effect, the present death of Hamlet. Mm. So he's sending him to, he's revealing here in his own sort of soliloquy, he's sending Hamlet to England to get killed. He's sending letters with him to tell the king of England to kill Hamlet when he gets there. Right. And then he says, do it, England, for like the hectic in my blood he rages, and thou must cure me. Till I know tis done, however my haps, my joys will never begin. So, That kind of closes this scene, Act Four, Scene Three, for most people, with Claudius revealing that Hamlet's getting sent to England to be killed. And he's very upset. He's not going to be happy, he says, until Hamlet's dead.
0: Do it, England. Yeah.
1: I love that. I love that line. He says, for that like the hectic in my blood, he rages. Yeah. You know, it's just he's giving me agita. Yeah. So this was just like a succession of quick scenes, kind of moving the plot forward. And we know that hamlet has been sent away now in our version the second norton critical edition this is actually where robert miola has decided to start act four for most people this is going to be act four scene four for us in this version it's act four scene one but we're not in the castle anymore we're actually going to go someplace else we're on the coast of denmark
0: body's still in the castle
1: Body, yeah, Polonius, nobody knows where Polonius is yet.
0: Not the first one.
1: Yeah, they've, definitely not the first body
0: in that castle. They've been through this before, for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, the king was murdered in the yard.
0: The, yeah. But they didn't just leave him there. Mm-mm.
1: No. But yeah. now he's walking around, the ghost is walking around on the ramparts. Mm. Castles. So, we're outside the castle, we're on the coast of Denmark, and it says, enter Fortinbras with his army over the stage. Mm. So, Fortinbras.
0: He got some boys together.
1: Yeah, he's got his boys together. His his army of lawless resolutes.
0: Mercenaries. Yes,
1: yeah, supposedly they were going to fight Poland. We're going to talk about that. Basically, I'm just going to summarize here. Fortinbras tells his captain to go um, greet the Danish king and say that we're crossing over Denmark, as announced. And then... The ca- everybody leaves except for this captain who's supposed to go talk to the king of Denmark. Hamlet, Rosencrantz, and Guildenstern kind of pass him going the other way. Hamlet talks to the captain. He says, good sir, whose powers are these? Like, what is this army? The captain says, they are of Norway, sir. This is on line 10. Mm. Hamlet asks him what they're doing. How purposed, sir, I pray you. And the captain says, against some part of Poland. Hamlet says, goes it against the main of Poland, sir, like Poland proper, or some fr- frontier? And the captain says, truly to speak, and with no addition, we go to gain a little patch of ground that hath in it no profit but the name. Meaning we're going to fight some, you know, distant part of Poland. We're going to win it, and it's, there's not a lot of profit there. It's just the right of conquest, whatever. We're taking this little bit of ground, Right. this big army. Um, so basically that's the conversation between Hamlet and the captain. The captain just reveals this army is going to fight in Poland and the territory that they're going to take isn't very important. And now Hamlet is floored by this. He's going to have a little soliloquy here. He sends Rosencrantz and Guildenstern away. He goes, uh, I'll be with you straight. Go a little before. He needs a minute. Mm-hmm. And so he stays, everybody leaves, the captain goes off on his business, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern go ahead a little bit. And now we've got Hamlet in, again, another one of his soliloquies. Now remember, every time we see Hamlet in a soliloquy, he seems to be beating himself up for his inactivity, hmm. for his inaction, right? He's an overthinker and he hasn't been able to do anything the whole play. He keeps resolving that he's going to do something. But then the next time we see him, what the fuck is he doing? He's doing nothing. Just like now, remember, he was supposed to kill Claudius. In Act 3, at the end, he came upon Claudius praying, didn't kill him because he didn't want to send him to heaven. And now he's going to England. So he's way off. Right. This revenge thing. And he he says how all occasions, this is on line like, I think about 33. He's alone now. It's a soliloquy. How all occasions do inform against me and spur my dull revenge. What is a man if his chief good and market of his time be but to sleep and feed? A beast, no more. And I love that line. So, yeah. what, if, if a, you're a human being and your chief good in the market of your time, meaning all you do is sleep and eat, you're an animal, a beast. Animale. Yeah. He says on line uh, 37 Sure, he that made us with such large discourse, like God made us with such a large discourse, we have so many words at our command, looking before and after, gave us not that capability and godlike reason to fust in us unused. So God wouldn't have given us this eloquent ability to speak and act and think, this godlike reason to you know, go unused in us. Why did God even make us like this? And he goes on to say, we're like on line 40. Now, whether it be bestial oblivion or some craven scruple of thinking too precisely on the event, uh, a thought which quartered hath but one part wisdom and ever three parts coward. I do not know why yet I live to say this things to do. So, Hamlet, when he says, I do not know why yet I live to say this thing's to do. The thing, of course, is getting his revenge. Right. He's like, I cannot explain to you why I'm sitting here. Overthinking. Over, And the revenge is not happening.
0: It's because a ghost told you to do it, right?
1: Well, the ghost, well, that was the first excuse. Yeah. He, he handled that excuse because he did the play. Right. And the play confirmed for him that Claudius was guilty.
0: Yeah, so... What's d- the problem now? Yeah, what more do I need? He just killed the homeboy. He killed Bologna? Sure. He killed somebody, just not the right guy. Yeah. yeah. And
1: he, he goes
0: on. He's really
1: beating himself up here. He says, Sith, I have cause and will and strength and means to do it. Right? Like, I, I got everything I need. Examples gross as earth exhort me. And then he starts talking about the army he just saw. I think this is really interesting. He says, um, line, I think, 48. Witness this army of such mass and charge, led by a delicate and tender prince, whose spirit with divine ambition puffed makes mouths at the invisible event, exposing what is mortal and unsure to all that fortune, death, and danger dare, even for an eggshell. Meaning, look at this guy. He's exposing what is mortal and unsure, his own life. He's putting his own life at risk Mm -hmm. for an eggshell, right? Because we know they're going to fight for what? For a little scrap of land in Poland. Mm -hmm. And Hamlet says, how stand I then? This is like on line 57. How stand I? Like, what's up with me that have a father killed, a mother stained, excitements of my reason and my blood, and let all sleep, Right? How is it that I have a dead dad, a you know smeared, besmirched, defiled mother, and I'm crazy? That's excitements of my reason and my blood, and yet I let all sleep. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. This guy's risking his life for some land.
0: Right. And how come I'm not pulling the trigger on this thing?
1: Yeah. And I'm not doing anything. While to my shame, he says, I see the imminent death of twenty thousand men that for a fantasy and trick of fame go to their graves like beds. Fight for a plot whereon the numbers cannot try the cause, which is not tomb enough and continent to hide the slain. I love that line where he says they're they're fighting for a plot which is not tomb enough and continent to hide the slain, meaning they're fighting for a piece of ground that's not even big enough to bury them all in after they die fighting for it. Wow. And he has this line at the very end of the scene here. Oh, from this time forth, my thoughts be bloody or nothing worth. So Hamlet has decided from this time forth, my thoughts are going to be bloody or nothing doing
0: he's he's yeah he's going into Terminator mode yeah or so so he's telling himself
1: yeah this is not the first time he said this right he said this when he first met the ghost when he first met the ghost in act one he said you know this revenge was going to be the only thing in his brain that all baser matter was going to be cast out of his brain we're in we're three acts later now
0: yeah you know and yeah and he's got more evidence and uh, plus like the cosine from a ghost yeah and and he,
1: a murder charge.
0: Right. He's killed Polonius. He already killed somebody. Might as well it's, it's the same. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. But this time he's gotta kill higher ups. So maybe that's it. It's it's been something different
1: every time. Yeah. Act four, scene five for most people, which is act four, scene two in the Norton second critical edition. But for most people, act four, scene five, uh, Horatio is going to come in with Queen Gertrude and a gentleman Mm. onto the stage. So we're back in the castle. And a gentleman. Yeah, a a gentleman. Gentleman caller. Just a guy, some guy. (laughs) We're going to get some interesting news here. So the queen, the first thing she says is, I will not speak with her. And the gentleman says, she is importunate. Indeed, distract. Her mood will needs be pitied. This gentleman is talking about a woman, and we're like, who is he talking about? And the queen says, what would she have? The gentleman says, she speaks much of her father, says she hears there's tricks in the world and hems and beats her heart, spurns enviously at straws, speak things in doubt that carry but half sense. We're talking about Ophelia, and it's going to start to become clear that Ophelia has gone crazy. Oh, the guy has said that she spurns enviously at straws, meaning she's like, gets upset over nothing. And uh, she speaks things in doubt that carry but half sense. Mm. So Ophelia.
0: There's an ex-wife in there, joking there somewhere, and I just don't, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not on top of it today.
1: Yeah, I, Yeah, I think my ex-wife definitely spurned enviously at straws. And and spoke things in doubt that carried but half sense. I
0: think that's get over the goddamn straws. Yeah,
1: (laughs) the straws are not the issue. So that's Ophelia. She's she's coming in now. The queen doesn't want to speak with her. But Horatio, of course, Horatio. Horatio's hanging out with everybody, right? He's hanging out. He's giving counsel to the guards at the beginning. He's giving counsel to Hamlet for the play. Now he's with the queen, and he's talking to the queen. He says on like line 14, "Twere good she were spoken with, for she may strew dangerous conjectures in ill-breeding minds, let her come in." Remember now, the king was trying to cover up Polonius's death, Horatio's advising the queen. Who is Horatio that everybody just hangs out and takes his advice? I love that about this character. Yeah. Horatio is like, you better talk to Ophelia because she can, um, he said she may strew dangerous conjectures and ill-breeding minds. So Ophelia might be talking about her dad's death. Do you want to like maybe get ahead of this one? Right. You know? So Ophelia comes in. And this is the first, we haven't seen Ophelia in a little bit, right? Since the play, we haven't seen Ophelia. Um, and the queen says on line 22, how now Ophelia? And Ophelia, basically, I, I'm gonna try to do this. I don't know if this is gonna be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Ophelia is now only singing. That's because she's really not talking. No way. She, yeah, she's just singing nursery rhymes. That's fun. So how now, Ophelia? And Ophelia goes, "How should I, your true love, know from another one by his cockle hat and staff and a sandal shone?" Wow. Yeah, she she's fucking woo woo.
0: And so, the does she slap her? No. After this, that's that's crazy. Because normally, if a, if a person comes up to you and just start talking all that craziness, you might think you are in danger.
1: Yeah. Well, this is Ophelia. You know, Ophelia is this sweet girl. The queen asks oh, her about it. Oh, also,
0: what's up? Ophelia knows that her that her dad's been offed.
1: I I think that is going to be implied. That yeah, Ophelia has gone crazy because her dad died,
0: and wow. So no one has been charged. Nobody's been charged.
1: That's going to be an issue.
0: Yeah, and nothing has been cleaned.
1: Nothing. Yeah, the blood is still on the castle walls. Well, uh, no, they've they've covered it up. So they've
0: cleaned the with blood. ash. And um, ash. where are you
1: getting this ash thing from? I don't know. He said
0: he said I, I covered him in ash or something.
1: Oh no, he compounded him with dust. Where two dust. tis can... they just
0: put dust on shit. <laughs> That, you know. holy shit dude they're like well there's a bunch of dust in the side of the castle here no and that was put...
1: hamlet hamlet was saying <laughs> i combined him with like i've sent him to the dust
0: yeah so because they got a lot of dust is what i'm assuming
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's hard to keep a castle clean
0: oh my god even with all those people it's probably just ugh, yeah blood, they're doing a lot in here blood and dust yeah <laughs> there's somewhere i want to go with this and i don't know what it is i
1: want i want there to be like a cleaning product for castles like you know is, is there a fucking is your castle compounded with dust yeah is there blood between the stones from yeah. all the murders
0: yeah try serfs yeah they'll take care of everything <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah they probably they were probably definitely using little kids to get in like the parts of the castle that are hard to clean and stuff.
1: Yeah, you put them on, you tie them to a stick. Yeah. <laughs> you put them up in the corner. Yeah. That's, it was before step stepladder, so you just tied a kid to a pole.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> you fucking raise them up. We've lost the most recent <laughs> pole child. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we'll need another pole child. <laughs> you give him a sponge.
1: You got a kid with a sponge on a stick.
0: Yeah, that's how they, that's how they cleaned the ceiling fan and shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that's
1: going on here is Ophelia is singing. The queen just says, Alas, sweet lady, what imports this song? And Ophelia keeps going. She says, Say you? Nay, pray you, Mark. Like listen to this. And then she goes, He's dead and gone, lady, he's dead and gone. At his head a grass green turf, at his heels a stone. I don't know if that's the melody, but it's it's like rhyming couplets. Oh wow, she's having fun. oh no, she's not having fun. She's lost her shit. She's lost her shit. Now, I wanna kinda of point out here, this is gonna be important. So this plays about madness, right? Mm-hmm. We have two constructions of madness. Hamlet is one kind of crazy. Ophelia's a different kind of crazy. Shakespeare seems to be drawing a difference between those two crazies. Right. Ophelia is crazy. She is out of touch with reality. Right. She's just she's become infantile. Mm-hmm. She's become like a child.
0: Yeah. And uh and Hamlet's and he's kind of implying that like Hamlet's just not manning up. Kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, Hamlet's got a lot going on. There's a lot of ways to look at Hamlet. One of them is being, quote-unquote, feminine. You know, overthinking, having too many emotions, mm. having too many words. Um, whereas I think the play constructs masculinity as being active. We'll see right. that in a little bit with Laertes. Um, so now Ophelia is like a feminine version of madness. So we've got two mad characters, and Ophelia is just – she's reverted to a childlike state. She's totally crumpled under – so she's a victim of some, you know, oppression here, right? Her father was killed, just like Hamlet's. Right. Her reaction is to turn into a child, to just right. crumple and just say nursery rhymes. That's one reaction to having your dad killed, mm-hmm. is it could fucking crush you to imbecility, you know?
0: Right. So now we're going back into the, the – the st- the circle of revenge.
1: Well, not with Ophelia.
0: Not with a But we're going to go back but, uh, in there with oh, well, maybe it's Maybe it's the circle of intergenerational trauma. I don't y-
1: know. Yeah. No, I think intergenerational trauma is a good way to paint this, right? So everybody in the, or a lot of people in the play we've seen so far have had their dads killed. Right. And then we see, what do you do about that? If you're Fortinbras, and you get an army of mercenaries and you go rage. attack Poland. Yeah, rage. Rage. Right. But we you're trying go. to get maybe your lands back in Denmark at the beginning. Right. If you're Hamlet, you ham and haw and feel depressed and get nothing done mm-hmm. and fucking hate yourself for it because you really want to be killing Claudius. But every time you have an opportunity, there's something else you think is wrong. You're making
0: excuses. And I feel like she's like – she just goes into like songwriting mode. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's just – She's going to pump out a record, bro.
1: Yeah. I mean, she has – a <laughs> the king comes in and the king – says uh how do you pretty lady and she's fucking crazy with the king she says well god ill you they say the owl was
0: a baker's daughter lord Ill you. i don't know what god ill you mean you know, what i'm thinking is she's like oh yield god reward you god you know, ill you she's going like more whitney Houstony, yeah like star spangled banner whitney houston and like always in that mode is how i'm
1: well here sing sing this here's her next song Try to sing that song in the style you know of Whitney Houston. It starts with tomorrow.
0: You know what we'll do? We'll in post, we'll just make a joint.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, let's good just make idea. a whole joint over this. Yeah. Can
0: you make a little ear a rabbit ear thing? Yeah, let let me
1: take a note here. We're gonna make a joint. Yeah, this we'll do like Ophelia a whole song,
0: Ophelia. Um,
1: as Whitney Houston.
0: Yeah, or like I don't know if we're gonna bring in talent or maybe Daryl Enya. Good.
1: This is this is what Enya's doing. Let's
0: hit Enya with this.
1: Yeah, this is a good. And you wanted to get involved, so this is something she could do.
0: Yeah, we could stretch. Yeah, so we get Anya involved, or or if we can't get Anya involved, we'll figure out something. And right about here, yeah, pop in the the joint.
1: So and right about here, we'll tell Anya sing these lyrics as Whitney
0: Houston. Pretend we want Anya pretending to be Whitney Houston. Can you tell Anya to do that?
1: Yeah, you could tell Anya whatever you want. She'll do anything for me. I
0: feel like you just gotta let Anya do Anya. Yeah. You know, maybe you're right. Yeah. So we'll just, we'll just send the book to Enya. We'll, we'll send, highlight we'll send the book part. And, um, and like a little demo, maybe like we'll drop it on a drive or something. Mm-hmm.
1: So where, where were we here? Let's figure out where we were in the scene. Ophelia is, uh, she's singing, right? So the king has come in and started talking to Ophelia. And Ophelia sings to him. This was what we were going to have Whitney Houston sing or Enya. Enya. Tomorrow is St. Valentine's Day, all in the morning but time. And I am made at your window to be your valentine. Then up he rose, then donned his clothes, and up the chamber
0: door. Let in the maid that out a maid never departed more. That, for mm. some reason, I think that's the melody. But yeah, you start you start swinging the mug when you start singing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I want to I want to <laughs> swing the mug really bad. Um, but Ophelia so is crazy,
1: and she's singing to the king. Yeah. And now, Ophelia kind of wanders off, and the king looks at Horatio and says, "Like around line seventy three, follow her close, give her good watch, I pray you." So Horatio goes out, and now we have the king. And the queen and the king, Claudius, line 74, is going to explain why Ophelia is crazy. He says, oh, this is the poison of deep grief. It springs all from her father's death. And now behold, oh, Gertrude, Gertrude, when sorrows come, they come not single spies, but in battalions. Mm. When it rains, it pours. Yep. There the sh- it is. The shit is hitting the fan. Yep. All, all, a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And he, he goes on to list. He says, first, her father slain, right? Shit list. Polonius is dead. Next, your son gone. We had to send Hamlet to England. Mm. And he, most violent author of his own just remove, meaning he's the one who caused us to send him away. And then he says, the people muddied, thick and unwholesome in thoughts and whispers for good Polonius's death. And we have done but greenly and hugger mugger to inter him. I want to dig into that because this is important. He says the people muddied, meaning again we're going back. The people of Denmark are a character now. Um, we're starting to talk about what is the mood on the street, mm-hmm. and so line eighty, he's saying the people are muddied, thick and unwholesome in thoughts and whispers for good Polonius's death. So the death of Polonius, who is a statesman, you know, probably a known figure, has got people talking. And it says we have done but greenly in hugger mugger to inter him, mm-hmm. meaning we buried him real fast. There wasn't like a lot of fanfare. Everybody's, you know, this is like some Jeffrey Epstein shit. Like right. he's dead, he's gone, and everybody's like, "Wait, what happened? He died in jail?" Like,
0: right? It, what you Pol- know, Kid Island?
1: Yeah, yeah. So Polonius is dead, and it's causing it's sort of upsetting the system here. He says, poor Ophelia, divided from herself and her fair judgment, without the which we are pictures or mere beasts. Last, and as much containing as all these, her brother is in secret come from France, Mm. feeds on this wonder, keeps himself in clouds, and wants not buzzers to infect his ear with pestilent speeches of his father's death, wherein necessity of matter beggared will nothing stick our person to a rein in ear and ear. He's, okay, a lot there. Mm -hmm. Um, Summarizing, Laertes is back. Laertes has come back from France in secret. Now, Laertes is Ophelia's brother. Right. Whose dad has just been killed. He's going to be mad. He's mad, and Claudius is saying that he's going from ear to ear, sort of trying to blame us for this. Yeah. You know, he's spreading rumors. He's stirring people up. No sooner have we mentioned Laertes than it says, a noise within... So there's this noise outside, right? And we, we had just said Laertes is back. And a messenger runs in. The king says, what's the matter? On line 98, the messenger says, save yourself, my lord. The ocean overpeering of his list. So the ocean rising over its banks eats not the flats with more impidious haste than young Laertes in riotous head overbears your officers. The rabble call him lord. And as the world were now but to begin, antiquity forgot, custom not known. The ratifiers and props of every word they cry, choose we, Laertes shall be king. So the messenger says that like Laertes is coming and fucking people are saying they're going to make him king. Like there's a riot going on. Wow. So. And Laertes is pissed off about his dad's death. Laertes busts in and he's already got an army. Yeah. Now look at the difference in, I want you to watch this scene This is another way to react when your dad gets killed. Right. We have a lot of different examples of what to do when your dad gets killed. So Laertes rushes in. He dismisses the crowd for a second. He goes, he tells his crowd of guys to go away for a second. And then he looks at Claudius and says, Oh, thou vile king, give me my father. On line 117. Mm. So
0: Laertes is right there. I know he's in this fucking castle because it smells like shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Laertes is the type of dude who like before he fights, like, he like takes off his shirt. He's like one of those...
1: Oh, he's got yeah. good. He's got good dialogue for taking off his shirt here. Like <laughs> the queen says calmly, Gerd Laertes," and he says, "That drop of blood that's calm proclaims me bastard. Cries cuckold to my father. brands the harlot even here between the chaste, unsmirched brows of my true mother." So his shirt's already off. Yeah, his shirt is fucking <laughs> off. That drop of blood. So he's saying, "I don't have a drop of blood in my body that's calm. If I did." it would make me a bastard and my dad a cuck. Mm -hmm. Right? Cries cuckold to my father. He asks, he says, on like line 120, like line 128, he asks the king, where is my father? And the king says, dead. And the queen kind of interjects. She says, but not by him. And the king says, let him demand his fill. Like, let the boy talk. And... Laertes is still shirtless, you know. How came he dead? I'll not be juggled with. To hell, allegiance, vows to the blackest devil, conscience and grace to the profoundest pit. I dare damnation. To this point, I stand that both the worlds I give to negligence. Let come what comes, only I'll be revenged most thoroughly for my father. I love when he says, that both to this point, I stand that both the worlds I give to negligence, meaning I don't give a fuck what happens in this world. Mm. I don't give a fuck what happens in the next world when I'm dead. I'm fucking somebody up. I am fucking somebody up <laughs> right now. I already took off my fucking shirt. yeah, and I'm making a big scene right now, yeah. so this is this is another <laughs> way to react to your father dying, right? Laertes, the king asks him, who shall stay you? right? Like, so who's who's stopping you from getting revenge? Here's the problem with this strategy. Mm -hmm. So we know that Hamlet is an overthinker, right? Hamlet can't get his revenge because he thinks too much. Laertes is the opposite of Hamlet. Laertes is an underthinker. Laertes has not thought this through at all. Yeah, he's completely impulsive. He's about to kill the wrong guy. But being an underthinker makes him open to manipulation. Mm. Claudius, around line 139, is going to really start laying it on thick. Good laertes. If you desire to know the certainty of your dear father, is it writ in your revenge that sweepstake you will draw both friend and foe, winner and loser? Right? So are you just going to kill everybody? Are you going to kill, you know, friends and foes? Just you're going to start killing people?
0: Yeah. Slow down there, John Wick.
1: Yeah, yeah, hold on, kid. <laughs> Laertes says, none but his enemies. And the king says, on line 144, will you know them then? Right? Do you want to know who your dad's enemies are? Laertes just keeps going. He's so fucking melodramatic. He says, to his good friends, thus wide, I'll ope my arms. And like the kind, life-rendering pelican, repast them with my blood. They used you know how you ever this is an interesting reference. You ever see on like Nat Geo how a pelican feeds its babies by vomiting fish into their mouths? Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. In Shakespeare's time, they thought that pelicans were feeding their children blood. Right? They looked at it and they're like, yeah, it's they feed them blood right out of their bodies. They just yeah. vomited into their mouths. So Laertes is literally saying here- That's fun, by the way. I will vomit blood into the mouths of my father's friends to sustain them. I'll vomit my own blood into their mouths. Wow. Like the kind, life-rendering pelican. He's so fucking melodramatic.
0: Fly. Yeah. (laughs) Manny, look at the pelican. Oh, man. He's crazy. He's just like- He just busts down the fucking door. Yeah, he's in there with an army already. Fucking shirt off and shit. Like waving his hands. That's fun, though. Right. So the king is really kind of,
1: Claudius is really kind of steering him now. Now that Laird, he's has said, he'll repast his father's friends with his own blood. The king says, why now you speak like a good child and a true gentleman on Mm -hmm. line 147. That I am guiltless of your father's death. And in most sensibly in grief for it, it shall as level to your judgment peer as day does to your eye. Right? So you're going to, as soon as we talk, it's going to be clear that I am not guilty here. And then his fucking sister comes in. Mm -hmm. He hasn't seen his sister yet. And he says "On line 153. How now? What noise is that? Oh, heat dry up my brains. He's, he's in, Shock when he sees his sister. Tears seven times salt burn out the sense and virtue of mine eye. Like, oh, he's so sad. He's like, oh, I wish tears would burn my eyes out. Mine eye. Mine eye. That's dope. By heaven, thy madness shall be paid with weight till our scale turn the beam. Oh, Rose of May, dear maid, kind sister, sweet Ophelia. Oh, heavens, is it possible a young maid's wits should be as mortal as a poor man's life? So he's just, he sees his sister crazy and he knows she's crazy. And he's like, he has to get revenge for this now, too. Yeah. Somebody drove his sister crazy. Yeah. My sister's gone
0: fucking nutty.
1: Yeah. He says, thy madness shall be paid with weight till our scale turn the beam, meaning uh, we're going to get revenge for this, too. Mm. Now, Ophelia has come in, kind of interrupted this, you know, so. Kind of painting the scene here, Laertes burst in, ready to kill somebody. Claudius calmed him down. Then Ophelia wanders in and she's just handing people flowers.
0: Mm. Sail away, sail away.
1: <laughs> she says, There's Rosemary, that's for remembrance. Pray right. you love, remember. And there's Pansy, that's for thoughts on line 170. Ophelia oh, just kind of has well,
0: She's got like giving people flowers. This is like modern day, this is like somebody walking in with like some gems, like little like, precious gemstones and being like, this one is for your kidney. (laughs) (laughs) You
1: know, they send Ophelia away again, right? The king says on line 195, Laertes, I must commune with your grief, or you deny me right. Right? I gotta talk to you. It's, go but apart. Make choice of whom your wisest friends you will, and they shall hear and judge twixt you and me. So, I'm, we're going to sit down and talk. You can bring any of your boys who w- want to listen in, mm-hmm. your wisest friends, right. you know. And he says, if by direct or by collateral hand they find us touched, meaning if any of your friends judge that we're guilty in the death of your father, we will our kingdom give, our crown, our life, and all that we call ours to you in satisfaction. Right. So if I'm guilty of your father's death, you got it. I'll give you the kingdom. But if not, he says, be you content to lend your patience to us, and we shall jointly labor with your soul to give it due content. Meaning, so if you don't think we're guilty, be patient for a minute and let us help you get your revenge. Right. Right? Because we know who really you want revenge on Hamlet. Right. We got the same problem, bro. You know?
0: But either way, you want to clean that castle really, really, really well. <laughs> with the pole children. Yeah. You want to, you want to get... You want to... Find, the thing is, the balance between the the pole that you're using, like the wood, you're okay. going to need a good, strong wood, but you're going to need the right size child right. with a good uh, sponge situation, and you just hoist those motherfuckers up
1: there there's two ways that you can clean with a pole child one (laughs) the the child can actually do the sponging themselves like or you could tell the child to just hold their arm stiff and you move the pole up and down
0: right you you, you can use them like a toothbrush (laughs) right it's like an to automatic get, toothbrush, like a battery-operated toothbrush when you have the pole child. Because yeah, the surf just, is
1: holding the pole right, with the child at the end of the pole.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah. I forgot about the... The surfs. Yeah, the don't surf. Them. They're, so you, they're
1: the ones doing the toothbrushing. Right. They're the ones manipulating the pole.
0: You're going to need a big old surf. Yeah. you got to get a good surf the, to get the, a deep clean. The size of the surf will determine how effective the pole child is, is what I'm thinking. They were wild at that point.